Welcome to the Music Talk podcast with me, Graham Farmer. In this series of conversations, I interview some of the biggest artists, DJs, and producers in the world. I hope you enjoy this series. Let's get into it. Hey! Hey! How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Yeah, just chilling. Chilling at my folk house at the moment, actually. Ah, oh, nice. Um... Welcome to my disco shed in my garden. Welcome to the Twitch, and uh, thanks for doing this. I really, I, I was listening to the album this morning, and it's so lovely. Like, oh, I li- like I, I had a you. bad day yesterday, and I, and I started the day, and I was like, I put it on, and and it was, and it really lifted my my morning. So, if, oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy it did. I'm sorry that you had a bad day <laughs> yesterday, but yeah, it seems to be um, get quite a lot of nice comments from people actually saying it's quite therapeutic. So that's a good thing. Yeah, I'd love. I'm gonna, obviously, we're going to talk about the album. We're going to play some of the tracks. We um, before we get started, though, one of the things in my chat audience. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know when this started. To be honest, it's because I've been streaming now since the beginning of May, and it started at some point. All of my audience will want to know what is your meal deal go to of choice. For example, mine is chicken sandwich, quavers, and a, and a, and, a, and one of those smoothies just to keep it a little bit healthy. That sounds nice. What what do you what do you go for? <laughs> I would go. Well, I'm vegan actually. Um, wow. Okay. Which makes life like, makes life a little bit harder when you're doing the old meal deal. But um, boots in particular is pretty banging. Yeah. They do a um, they do like a no duck, hoisin duck thing, which is honestly it's nice. amazing. You wouldn't you wouldn't know it wasn't duck. Um, no way. Not that not that I really enjoy eating duck because I'm a vegan, but it's quite <laughs> a strange one. But it's um that's awesome. And they do a lot of wraps for falafel stuff, so I'd get one of those. Um my favourite crisps are those Tyrrell's sweet chili. Um Oh, oh yeah, man. I'm a fan of the cheap sweet chili as well. They are the best. they're just the best crisps. They really are. Anything <laughs> chili, I mean I love chili. So yeah. then and then I'd probably get a um because that's a bit too healthy at the moment, so I'd probably go for a nice kind of Coke. <laughs> yeah, so you go, you go <laughs> sugar hit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you go the other way. You, your, yours is all healthy food, and then, and then, the, and then the real sugar, sugar Coke, and then full on sugar Coke. Yeah, yeah. That's the way to yeah. do it. Yeah, I. Do you know what I feel like with Coke these days? I have to. I have to have the like. I have, very rarely have it, but when I do, it's like I want all of the. I want all of the full fat yeah. in a red can. You might as well, if you're going to have a Coke, you might as well just go the, the whole hog, really, and just, just 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 do it, you know, none of this zero or diet or anything. I agree, yeah. I agree. So let's let's talk about this album. Let's talk about this. So this is your fourth album. It is, yeah. And you... <laughs> when did you start the project? Like, I heard that you were driving around in a, in a, in a van and you were making it wherever you stopped, basically. Is that... Well, that... Tell us- yeah, kind of. That was what it... That was... Um, that's how I normally write music. Yeah. Um, but for this one, obviously, I wasn't driving around much because it was made predominantly during lockdown. Um, oh, no. Okay. So, well, that's when it started. But I was lucky enough, last October, I managed to escape to um, Cornwall. Nice. Um, one of my... A friend that I met um, on a retreat, meditation retreat, she got a, um, like a, a cabin out in Cornwall. Oh, nice. Which is really cool. Um, so went out there and um, basically, yeah, went out there for a couple of weeks just to try and get the creative juices flowing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, that was, uh, that's pretty much, I pretty much did the whole thing in about two, two and a half weeks. I mean, no way. Is, yeah, yeah, pretty much. It was, um, it was, it, the, the sketches came together really quickly. Yeah, which was awesome. So let's talk through. Let's talk through. That's that's pretty quick. Talk to me. How you? How did, How does it start for you? How do you? How do you start a track? Where does the? Like, what's the process? Um, and when? When? And then where does it go from there? From um, f- I do a lot of meditating. I feel like I I sort of bang on about it quite a lot. <laughs> but um, meditating is really important. So I usually start off. It really clears your head. Um, mm. before I sit down in the studio. So. And also, it's amazing, a lot of ideas come up, musical ideas. So I usually just sit for, for 10, 15 minutes and then see what comes up. And usually I start at the piano when I write a song. Okay. Or the guitar. Yeah, I seem to be inspired. I'm not one for um, sitting down and crafting beats. 
and or anything first. I know a lot, of, especially in drum and bass, it's quite common to kind of get a beat going and get a loop going and then add your bass and everything. But most of mine, they start off quite song based on the piano. I'll get some chords going and put a little melody over it. And the drums come pretty much at the end, actually, funnily enough. No way. Um, well, yeah, sort of. Yeah, it's, I'll get the I'll get the bass. Well, before and maybe the bass comes at the end, but I'll get the mm-hmm. drums down. I'll get the or most of the musical elements in first because I can kind of hear them in my head a lot better than I can beats a lot of the time. Yeah, I have to experiment a little bit more with beats. So they usually it's usually the last thing because obviously if a tune's got quite an energetic piano in it or something, the drums need to match that. Or if it's quite soft, then the drums need to match that that way. So. Are you, were you, do you learn those, like, are you classically trained in those instruments or did you just pick them up, teach them yourself? Yeah, no, I've never had any training. I, I learned guitar for a little bit, just did a couple of, couple of years learning guitar, but just taught myself, really. That's um, mental. Yeah, it's, uh, it's cool. Like, my whole family are really musical. So, my dad plays guitar, my mum and dad were in a band for a bit together and we'd all sing along together, you know. Like, <laughs> Like the, um, I can't remember what that family are called when they all say goodnight to each other, that American show. Um, Someone in the chat will know. Someone in the chat will know. Let's ask them. The Waltons, is it? I think. Is it? Yeah, something like that. Where they're all, this image of everyone sort of dancing around in the living room, singing songs together and stuff. So music was just everything to me. Um, So I was just, I've been playing piano and keyboard and guitar since I was about eight or nine. Yeah, so I just kind of learnt myself. I'm not amazing either, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I can just about get by to make a tune, you know. <laughs> you can, you can, yeah. you like now you're saying that you can sense that from this music. Like you can sense that you're sitting there just playing along. It, like you get, I get, I get how it work. That works for you because, like, it suits this music so much. You know. Mm. Yeah, and that's the thing. I'm not. There's not too much, um, really intricate. It's quite simple, really, actually. And that's kind of the approach I wanted to take, you know, some really nice, quite simple chords and some simple melodies going and just quite laid back. I think if I'd learnt, then I would be overthinking it. If I'd, if I'd studied music in a way, studied music theory and stuff, I'd be end up writing stuff that I didn't even like the sound of probably because I'd be like, no, that needs to go there and that needs to go there. I know a lot of, a lot of people I know who learn classically when they try and produce, that it, they're kind of hindered by it, which is quite yeah. strange. Yeah, and then and then so you've made that idea. You've got to kind of sketch this idea, I guess, on the guitar, or piano. How does that then become? How do you get that into the track? How does is that become part of the track? How is are you soft synths? Are you hardware? Like what's how's are you recording it in with Mike? Well, how does that happen? So it's mostly a lot. I use mostly VSTs. Um, cool. I've got a couple of little simple synths, but I don't I don't use them that much. I've got a MIDI full length MIDI keyboard, like with weighted keys, so it's kind of like playing playing a proper piano, which is good. Um, And then, um, yeah, so just layer it all in. And then I'll pretty much just get to the breakdown. And then I'll, I'll, that's, that's the sketch then. That's basically the ideas. And then pop it in a, in a folder and send it over to hospital and keep my (laughs) fingers crossed that they like it. (laughs) And that's, that's the process really, basically. So I don't, I try, I try, I try, I, I flesh it out quite a lot, but I don't, spend too much time on it obviously until the guys have heard it it doesn't happen very often but it obviously i wouldn't want to spend days and days and days working on a tune send it over and and no one else likes it you know so that's cool and then how where does that so obviously some of these have got featuring vocalists how does that then come into play is that after they've heard it they had a vote how does that work yeah usually again because of lockdown i wasn't able to have any studio sessions with anyone so it was all just they all started off instrumentally and then Mm. they all kind of all my tunes start off as as an instrumental really and Mm. then when you bounce it you think oh I can hear a vocal over this or I'm gonna sing this or I can hear a female vocal or I can hear a different male vocal so yeah so the tunes so I sent the tunes off all of the tunes for the for Neon Dust well obviously it was all recorded remotely so um, Megan at hospital put me in touch with Sigrun and um, Lily, two with the other vocalists. And because I'd worked with Zara before, I messaged up, uh, hit up Zara up and just sent her the tune, Lighthouse. And she came back with just absolute magic. They all just absolutely smashed the vocals. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, Yeah, we just listened to that one with Lily, uh, which we listened to, hang on, let me just bring it. 
follow the river, which we live it. Mm. I, like I said, this, I was listening to that this morning. I, I was work, like, I have stuff on where I'm working away, and I'm like, I'll just because I've got days so tight, I'm like, work along. Yeah. And then when you're listening to it like that, something just you get tracks that just absolutely punch you in the ears, and you're just oh, like, mate. whoa, like, like, whoa, what's this? And you have to kind of no, stop. And that, cool. and that, yeah. and that was one of those tracks. I was just like, whoa, this is cool. Oh, mate, thank you. Yeah, that means a lot. I'm glad you did yeah. so. Um, it's nice because it's one of the slower ones on the album, you know. And I think a lot of the non-drum and bass songs have actually, they've been really well received, which is cool because you never know where you're going to, you're going to get stuff thrown at you because you, you haven't done an f- album full of big <laughs> bangers, you know. So you're always sort of treading lightly when it comes to throwing too many multi-genre tunes in there. Yeah, what was your, what, how, what, how comes you went that way? Like, um, obviously, from a DMB point of view, like, the DMB fans are pretty hardcore, and they're like, mm. if it's not all DMB, I'm, I'm guessing you must get a little bit of. Yeah, no, it's 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 not it's pretty good. I think by by the, this fourth album, I think people really understand what I'm all about as a, as a musician. So, I don't think anyone's expecting anything to, you know, headsy, you know, full of full of drum and bass. I think. I've got a lot of, I feel like I've got a lot of freedom to write whatever really comes to mind, which is nice. Okay, that was good. I'm glad. Mm. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, no, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you, so obviously you, you have got a load of genres on this. Was that just from that writing project? Like literally you're sitting there and going, right, I'm going to do this. Or was there a plan in place before you started writing? Yeah. No, there was, there was, I had a few sketches on the go um, mm. and I just had to get away as soon as we were able to travel again, obviously it was, I was staying on my own, obviously, so it was okay, but I was really just desperate to get away somewhere and, and do some writing. And most of it came in that time, you know, I wasn't expecting to write so much there, but I was doing sort of three or four sketches a day. It just all suddenly no came flood, flooding out. Yeah, it was amazing. It was, it was just the best, some best case scenario, really. So, um, so yeah, just, I think at least, Two thirds of the album was written in that time. No way. And then, and then, so then you sent it to hospital, and then they obviously listen to it and feedback, and then, and then do you make tweaks, and then it kind of goes to the final, final processes. Is that? Yeah, is that yeah right that's pretty much right? it. Yeah. Um, we've got so I've got Chris, um, Chris Goss, and Dan Newtone, and, and Megan from mm. hospital. So they're my, they're my A and R team. So again, as I said earlier, I'll just send them a sketch that goes to sort of the breakdown, a couple of minutes, and then I'll say this is the one I particularly like and this is what I'm hoping to do with it. And, and they'll say, oh, yeah, I like this, so I'm not really feeling that. And then we kind of come to a, a group decision, which can be a bit challenging sometimes, obviously. <laughs> you know, I've got one, so I think this is definitely, this has got to be on the album. And then everyone else is like, mm, nah, not feeling it. So... <laughs> It's kind of, it's a strange um, process really, but um, yeah, it's cool. So so then after that, we'll, we had 50 tunes to begin with for this album, which was, that's why the album's so big, just because we couldn't get it below 20 tunes. I was like, I can't, no I can't let go. Yeah, can't let go of that, can't let go of that, can't let go of that tune, can't let go of that tune. We ended up with 20 tunes. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, after we've got that initial sketch, then... We have an A and R catch up, and then we we'll say, right, let's work on these. So then I'll prioritise them, mm-hmm. and I've got my st- I've got my studio here at my folks' house. So my dad's convert he converted our garage into a little granny annex when my when my grandma was alive. Plus, so I've just commandeered it now and turned it into my studio, <laughs> which is cool. So yeah, um, the, no, it's nice. The, space, the then, spaces you turn into studios, eh? Like, um, yeah, yeah. I think I think I think Grandma Betty would be would be really proud to be honest. That I'd, t- that I'd, that I'd turned her room into a into a studio, so yeah, that's good. I guess I guess you get that freedom of having twenty tracks because of I guess streaming now and and, and like it must be easier to have those longer albums because because there's not time restraints on th- on things you know on hardware. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was it. And there's no we didn't do sort of there's no CDs anymore, so you don't have to st- worry about fitting it all on there. And we didn't even call it a double album or anything, just because it's yeah, it's just. Just a collection of twenty songs. You know, there's three three nice. vinyls, which is cool. But yeah, streaming obviously that's taken over, and it doesn't matter whether you've got fourteen tunes in front of you on a playlist or twenty or forty. You know, <laughs> could have just put all fifty out. <laughs> Let's um. So we should we play? Let's we play a track. 
Yeah. We can do a, we can do a share. Let's do a share. Here we go. Look, there we go. We can change screen. Do you want to, do you want to pick one? What was the first, what was the first track you sent over? Let's, let's go for that. Okay, cool. Um, the first track, I think one of the first tracks I, I did, um, Hmm. was Akasha. That was, I put that in a couple of streams when, when one of the first lockdown streams and quite a few people got in touch asking about it. Um, that's like, I really like the vibe of that tune, to be honest. It's quite simple in its, um, in its essence, but it's quite a nice, quite a nice one. So we can listen to that if you want. Let's play that. Wow, that was lush. Thanks, mate. That was really nice. I was just saying, I love that type of drum bass. It's just so, it's just so lovely, a little, a little warm hug as you're listening to it. It's, yeah. it's nice. I, I know. Um, that's definitely, I mean, I've always loved that sort of liquid style of drum and bass. Just really <laughs> sort of smooth, like nice pianos, rolling drums, nothing too overbearing. Nice warm. It's the warm. It's like you said, it's a nice warm hug, you know. Especially when yeah. you're on a beach, the sun's shining, and you've got yeah. liquid in the background. It's just the best. I mean, it really is just my favourite, you know. Or like, yeah, I think oh, afternoons at festival, and you just sort of sat and lying on the floor, and you're feeling a bit, you feel a bit delicate, and you can just listen to it with chills. You know, most of my friends who aren't really big on drum and bass, if if you're if you're a bit hanging at a stag do or something in the morning, and everyone needs a bit of a pick me up, you put some drum and bass on liquid and. Within ten minutes, everyone's on their feet. It's just—it's got so much energy to it, and it's—it's hard not. I just—it's hard not to love it. It really is. So um, you mentioned about meditation. Um, I started to do it. Tell me about. Tell me about how you do it. Like, I mean, I tell me about. Like, obviously, I—I started trying to do it when I woke up in the morning. It was the first thing Mm. I did, kind of clear the brain, Mm. and. I don't think I, I don't know if I, I try. I kept trying to do it, and I do love it when you do it. But it's just I don't know. It didn't fit. I can't seem to get it to fit back in my life. Mm. Tell me about why you got into it and how you how it benefits you. It's really the most amazing thing in my life. Really, meditation. Um, I started. I had a period where I was. I went through quite a low patch um, mentally, and mm. I. I needed to. I lost my sort of feeling of connection with the with the world and with myself. And and I, I, I got into Buddhism, which is pretty much when I started meditating. And I was watching some sort of online tutor, tutorials, and like starting five minutes and then ten minutes. And but it's really, it's just, it's just the key to happiness. I think, in my opinion, and peacefulness and just a general feeling of well-being. And a general feeling of happiness and a general feeling of love, and I can really tell when when I have periods where I don't meditate very often. Um, mm. A lot of the time, like when you're touring and stuff like that, it's quite difficult because it's quite it's quite hectic, and really that's the time when you should be meditating the most. But you, you you're up really late, and then you, you you sort of get up, you have to get up early and get on flights and all sorts of stuff. But um, but meditation, yeah. So I meditate every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much the first thing I do, I'll make a green tea first and then just to wake me up a little bit. And, but it's, I think the, the key is that even if you don't think it's working, sort of working, mm-hmm. it's, it is working just to right. sit, just to sit and concentrate on your own breath. I think a lot of people, 
when I talk to them, they say, I can't do meditation. I'm not very good at it. I can't. People are trying to get their minds to just stop straight away. Yeah. And that's really not what meditation's about. It's, it's, it's kind of the end goal really is to, is to feel, is to definitely sort of control, be able to control your mind a little easier. But there's no way <clears throat> in five minutes you're just going to completely shut your mind off. But it's fine. And really, the longer you do it and the more you concentrate on your breath, you start to become more aware, self-aware and mindful so that when difficult thoughts and stuff arise, you're able to deal with them a little bit better. That's and cool. I think that's really the thing. But it's something that happens over time, like with anything. It's like going to the gym once and then expecting to have abs. You know, it's just It just doesn't happen. And I think... A lot of people, you know, after a week or so, it's like, no, it's just, I did try the gym, but it's not work. It didn't work for me. And it's like, well, you just got to carry on. You only went for a week. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, med- I would just advise anyone to just try. There's so many amazing apps out there as well. And even if it's just for five minutes, which sounds like a long time, really, in the morning when you've, when you've, you've got a lot of stuff to do and, five minutes taking five minutes off to do nothing and just sit down is quite a difficult thing in this in this current climate you know Mm. but if you do that every single day in the morning after a month you'll feel a lot better you really will mentally i think i think i because i obviously i was trying to do it first thing in the morning like literally i'd just woken up and i was Mm. wondering whether whether that was actually the right time of day to do it because obviously i'd just been kind of my brain had been resting and sleeping and Mm. whether it was then most either beneficial for me to do it first thing or whether I should be doing it later in the day when I've been kind of had a bit of active and then then trying to get it in later is just it's just a non yeah. it's a non-starter you know the, the good thing about doing it in the morning is that you're unless you've had a really particularly vivid dream you know you're quite fresh hmm. you know if you've got you, you, you there are some thoughts that start appearing you know what, what have I got to do today and, you know I forgot to do this last night or I've got to do this later on. Um, mm. But in the morning, it's a good way to start the day because it just gives you that space to just relax a little bit and just to compose yourself and ground yourself before you start the day. If you go if you sleep in, you know, your alarm goes off, it's a horrible feeling, you run out the house, you, you're, already, you're already on the back foot all day and, and you'll just have an absolute shocker. But if you I just sit... Yeah, it's just the worst feeling, isn't it? it really I, honest, is. to, honest to God, I hate uh, Shelley. My half Shelley, she's. Uh, um, she'll tell you that if I, if I like, I because I wake up stupidly early. Like mm. I start work at half past four every morning, and wow. if if I wake up at half past seven, I'm like, fuck, I've lost three hours. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm literally like that three in that three hours I get so much done because there's no one else around and you're just trying to catch up the whole the whole day and it's just like yeah it's a horrible stressful. horrible feeling yeah it really is you're not going to get you're not going to be able to get that you have to you just got to work twice as hard haven't you which which sucks but if yeah. you so if, so getting up early is actually I when I would, I did this meditation retreat where you go away for 10 days and it's completely silent you know you don't have your phone you, you don't you can't talk to anyone else on the retreat and the bell goes off at 4 and you get up at half 4 and it's actually that's like the golden hour, so actually that's like almost the perfect time to meditate, really. So you can. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. If you get it, so if you if you when you wake up again, like when you get home, or if you obviously not when you, when you get home, when you finish work, um, if you work mm. from home or whatever, that is you've got all this all the stuff from the day going on in your head. So in one respect, it's it's important to do it then to try and relax again and ground yourself again after a hectic day yeah admittedly you are going to find it harder to to essentially control your mind a little bit slow your mind down because it's going to be racing and it's nice to do it before bed as well sometimes because that's a really good way so you're not essentially you're just doing what you do when you lie in bed and then you've got all these thoughts racing around if you just take 10 minutes before you get into bed to let that happen while you're meditating, essentially, then by the time you get into bed, you'll sleep like a baby. I, yeah. <laughs> I, do you know, I, by the time I get to bed at 10 o'clock at night, I go to bed at like half nine. By the time I get to bed at nine o'clock, I'm But you're exhausted. Yeah. Because I've, I've done it, because I've normally done a big run and, a, and, a, and obviously a whole day. 
I, 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 yeah. I always thought if I'd meditate just before at nine o'clock, I think I'd just be, a, I'd just go to sleep and then I'd wake up at yeah. half three instead of, <laughs> instead of four. <laughs> yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. I mean, that's a long day, man. It really is. Half four till ten. Yeah. Yeah, I bet you're out yeah. like a light. <laughs> yeah. I, I sleep well. I, well, sometimes I do, but so. Yeah, I think mornings is mornings is a good time. So just get up, have a have a cup of coffee or whatever, a little drink in the morning. If you get straight out of bed and sit down, you're likely to fall asleep because you're still you are still half asleep. So yeah. you just give yourself a little bit, have a little drink, and then sit down, and then Morning just tea, follow then your meditate. breath. That's it. I like That's it. I, I, used to do, I, I used to do martial arts. I, mean, I used to do it as part of that, and I, I, I liked oh, yeah. it when we did when we did it then. So I enjoyed it then. Mm. So. And whenever I've done it, I've really enjoyed it and really found it beneficial. I just, I think, I think I got into my head, a headset and mindset, like I said, of is it actually doing anything when I'm doing it first thing when I've woken up, or yeah, because I've been asleep, you know. Whenever, whatever, whatever time you do it, and for however long you do it, it's doing something, and that is just the thing to remember. It's, it's you'll, you'll get a week down the line, and you, you won't, you won't, you feel, you won't feel the benefits of it necessarily on the outside but what it's doing on the inside is it's like you're sort of internally healing yourself by meditating by meditating i think I feel if like you I'm don't need healing it's just a nice thing it's just a nice way <laughs> of staying staying healed <laughs> you know um, i think everyone needs a bit of healing don't they exactly in some way yeah and then so i read that we're talking about this i read you took this kind of vibe into the album tell me how did how does that how did that transpose into the album well, it was the, I was becoming inspired by what was going on while I was meditating and, and I was in yeah, that right. frame of mind. And before, I've never been like a particularly heavy drinker, but I would, if I went away on a retreat, I'd usually get like a nice bottle of whiskey or like a bit of wine because sometimes a nice glass of wine can help get, get the creative juices flowing a little bit. Um, but this, I was completely teetotal when I wrote this um, and I was getting all of my energy for meditating really, my inspiration. And that was essentially doing a similar thing that alcohol would, you know, yeah. in terms of generating some new kind of energy inside me in order to have the creativity to write this music. And I know that that's the thing I love most about this album is that it, come, it came from a really, really honest place. You know, it wasn't, um, none of it was written after having any sort of intoxicants or anything. It was just completely, and I was kind of detoxing a little bit as well. Mm. I drink this thing called Huel. I don't know if you know what it is, but it's like this. Yeah. It's wicked stuff. (laughs) Yeah. It's like it's powdered food. So I was on a bit of a detox and I was just having two of those a day. And all I was doing was writing music. It sounds quite militant, but it was actually really therapeutic. And it, and it, it just allowed all this stuff to just, to just, to just flow out, which was just awesome. And I was, writing songs about the way I was feeling in meditation and the way I feel about the world and the way I feel about myself. And it was, I think I've, I'd struggled with some of the older albums to kind of, I wasn't that lyrically inspired. Hmm. You know, whenever I tried to sing about anything meaningful, it would just come across as just really, really cheesy, which I hmm. think is quite common with lyrics. So with this one, I really found my flow with the lyrics. And I found it quite easy to to sit and transpose my thoughts, really, which is cool. So you write the top lines as well. So it's just quickly while we before we ask that question, River mm. Five View Music. How long did it take to write the album? We discussed earlier that you did it in two and a well, half, two, <laughs> two and <laughs> half weeks. The the initial, I'd I'd say honestly, like the maybe fifteen or fifteen of the tunes from what I remember, were written, the sketches, the ideas were all written in that, in about, in just under two weeks. <laughs> so I was doing three, at one point I did, I was doing about three, I was averaging, averaging about three tunes a day, the sketches. So just basically getting the idea, getting the chords down, writing a melody, but not necessarily the lyrics, that kind of thing. So I'm not saying the whole thing, you know, it took me, I probably started doing it properly in October and it wasn't finished till the end of March. So that's how long the process took to get everything actually mixed down properly and get all the final bits done, sent off. But the actual, the the core of the songs, a lot, most of the songs were all written while I was on that, in that little, in that little hut. <laughs> <laughs> and like in, in, in Cornwall, yeah. 
Should we should we listen to another track? Let's let's listen. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. We could listen to the current. I don't know. I just really yep. like that tune. So okay. This tune is about it's about getting lost in the sort of the spell of social media, really. So it's a bit of a political one, this, but it's it's about getting lost in the current of overthinking your persona online and spending too much time posting about this and that and just losing touch with yourself because you're so obsessed with your online persona, really. So it's about not getting swept up in the current. Um, so I sent uh, sent it to DRS, who's one of my one of my good mates, and we've talked about making a tune together for ages. And he came back with just the perfect perfect vocal, so we can we can have a listen to that if you want. This is Let's play that. this is one that it never sort of it. I don't think it sort of goes under the radar a little bit, but it's maybe one that hasn't had quite as much of the limelight as some of the other ones. So it'd be nice to play that. Let's play that then. Let's do this. The current. Taking us away. Go against the grain, swim against the current, examining a race. Everything that's current, cause currently low vibrating entities abundant, but the possibilities when shifting energies, my hunger to self-educate through meditation. Levitation on my mind stays self-medication. Already so impatient, controlling mechanisms, everything is laced with. Even the VVS is in your bracelet, bracelet, go against the grain. Swim against the current, examining a race. Everything that's current, cause currently low vibrating entities abundant, but the possibilities when shifting energies, my hunger to self-educate through meditation. Levitation on my mind stays self-medication. Already so impatient, controlling mechanisms, everything is laced with. Even the VVS is in your bracelet, bracelet. go um there we go that was beautiful oh, uh, thank you one thing we have on our stream that that i've just noticed in the chat is we have we have sound effects and uh they're asking for this <laughs> and I, I, ga- gang i definitely think like, i'm a big hulk fan as you can see his little little cheeky little face here oh, so yeah. we, I, we, we have this sound effect as well because i definitely think this one goes to the whole smash <laughs> <laughs> I love the Hulk. We, we, give, we, give, we give the big tracks the Hulk smash. Do you? The Hulk yeah. smash. Yeah. Well, I'm honoured. One of the Hulk the tune. <laughs> All a bit of fun on the, on, the, on the Twitch. One of the questions that came in the chat is, how do you, obviously you've got 20 tracks on this album, how do you decide what's, which singles you're going to release, how, where, what order it comes out in, like how does that, how did that kind of come into situation? Yeah, it's um, the singles. Um, we it's quite a difficult process, really, because you. I mean, for me personally, that the all twenty tunes are they're all as meaningful as the next. So it's like which to say which one's the one that you want to yeah. have as the lead single. And I think we we all just naturally came to the conclusion that Lighthouse would be the first single. Um, I think it's the, so. It's the first one on the album, also. And because yep. um, Zara and I had worked together before on a tune called Souvenirs on my third album, second album, sorry, <laughs> um, <laughs> I forget. Um, yeah, so we thought it would be like it would be an obvious one because a lot of people would be kind of pleased to see that sort of reunion of me and Zara, and, and it's it's definitely a very summery tune. Um, but I think the first, I think I will wave to you was actually the first. It's a proper single, but that was before the album had been, um, the pre-order had been put up. Um, but nice. it is, yeah, it's a tricky process. And, and the running order, that was pretty much Chris from Hospital just kind of said, right, well, this is my running order. What do you all think? And, and I went and had a really long walk and listened to it, and it really worked. That's so cool. that was that was just Chris just basically just nailed it first time, which was amazing. That's yeah. cool. I like I like that when you go for a little walk and just listen to I like it, I like that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, because I was I'd been working on them so much individually that mm. when I knew that this was going to be the running order, 
Yeah, I went. I just went for a because it's twenty tunes. It's about an hour and a half walk. <laughs> <laughs> just sort of went around the block a few times. Um, but yeah, it was really emotional listening to it for the first time in a row because you kind of sit back and think, "Wow, it's done." You know, had it all been mastered that time as well? It was all like literally it was a finished product then. Yeah, I mean, no, it hadn't been mastered yet. It was this was just the pre-masters, but um, right. so I had a listen, and then yeah, getting the masters back is the next one. That's yeah. just the icing on the cake then. That's what makes it all real, yeah. And then I've been told it's going to come out in Atmos. So you're doing some stuff with Atmos as well for Dolby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're um, I've mentioned it a little bit. I think I can talk about it a bit. But we're actually doing a. F- um, we've got these six videos, which yep. kind of make up one long sort of feature-length music video, really, in a way. So we've got six of the tunes from the album will be mixed in Dolby Atmos, and then we've got a film that accompanies them which is really cool. Um, and we're going to do a bit of an album launch thing, which I don't think I can talk about much, but yeah, keep your, keep your eyes peeled for that. So there's going to be something pretty exciting. Uh, we, spoke about, we spoke about Atmos on this channel before. We had someone tell us about how Atmos is made, but I'm not sure for the like for this gang. How, how, like, what do you have to do with it? How, what does it, like, what, what does that mean? Even for, like, let's, let's go like brass basics. How's it, how's it affect the track and what's, What's it going it's to do? Mind bl- yeah, it's, it's absolutely mind blowing. You know, I was like jumping around like a little kid in there when when I heard it for the first time. It's just unbelievable. So it's spatial audio, which essentially means you can in the Dolby Studio they've got Genelec speakers all all around you and all above you, mm. and you can essentially assign any piece of 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 music any instruments so it's all in stems so so you bounce out the guitar on its own the piano like all the synths and everything all the drums Mm. so every every stem can be assigned to any point any of these speakers essentially so Mm. you can have the like the guitars going from left to right or you can have them doing this or you can have them going from top to bottom and it's just the most just the craziest experience because you when we were in there we were switching between normal stereo two speakers to the to the atmos and you're just surrounded by the sound i mean it's just absolutely amazing i couldn't get over it you know (laughs) i'd still be there now if you hadn't checked me out (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah it's just it's it's unbelievable i think probably a lot of people are familiar with it but it's like for anyone who who just needs an example obviously it's like when you go to the cinema and you have that initial bit with the helicopter and the the telephone and it's all sort of buzzing all around you and yeah yeah you know just being at the cinema and experiencing that i mean it's that's that's how it sounds when you're in that studio and it's so there's going to be an atmos ep with six of the tunes and that and then, um yeah as we found out from a previous stream on apple music you can listen to atmos and listen to it in its full glory in in uh, and it is amazing um mm. It's it's so cool, yeah. I think obviously most people will be listening on headphones because I guess if you've got like any sort of surround sound system in your home, then it's just amazing. Yeah, it's such an incredible, incredible thing. But yeah, so Apple have they've only just I think it's a, it's quite a new thing with Dolby that they've done, allowing yeah. people to listen to stuff that's mixed in Atmos, which is just awesome. So yeah, so that'll be that will that will come out as an EP on on Apple. That's exciting. Which yeah. do you know? Which are we allowed to say which tracks is going to be in the thing? Because we could maybe listen to one of them next. Um, yeah, I won't say exactly which ones are going to be in, but I'll, we'll play. We can play. We can play Dahlia. Great. That's one of my favourite ones because it's as as an artist, I'm quite. There'll be a couple of songs that sort of just stand out to you in terms of if you were sort of to if I was to describe myself as an artist in a song. This Dali would be it, really. It's, great. it's like it's like it's like you're taking a piece of you that's that's just you as a your core, you know, and turning it into a piece of music. Really, I think this is that's what that's what Dahlia is for me, um, and it's kind of inspired by one of my older songs called Castaway on the second album, which has got sort of live drum sounds and nice little piano line. And there's some cellos in this one as well, which is cool. Nice sort of. Nice. C sounds in the background, yeah. 
It's quite chill. It's quite a chilled one. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. I'm well excited. <laughs> I'm excited. I haven't picked it up too much. No, this sounds great. I can't wait. Let's get let's get back into share screen. We can um, there we go. So it's so Dahlia, yeah. Tra- yeah. Track six. Let's play that. beautiful I, f- I feel like we need another Hulk smash that's fucking that's absolutely <laughs> stunning let's get a smash I feel I, that's such a stunning track oh thank you so much man thank you like, I, like, I literally I'm like you know when you just start to think oh, shit I've got to carry on with an interview but I, like, you literally just sit there and go oh that was lovely <laughs> no, thanks man yeah no I got into a, a definite zone when I wrote that tune yeah um I asked you before, but so there's a lot of vocalists on the track. Do you write the top lines as well, or is, do the vocalists do that? How's that work? It's usually I'll just write my own top lines that I sing on, yep. and then the send it to the vocalists, and they do their own top lines. Um, but for um, Swans on the album with Sigrid and Stella, um, we ended up. I sort of we we sort of co-wrote the the top line. Which mm-hmm. was cool. So we were going back and forth with ideas, and originally Sigrun was going to sing it on her own, and then I was like, "Well, I've got an idea for this," and then she was like, "Well, I've got an idea for this," and we kind of ended up doing like a duet on it, which is really cool. So I've really cool. never done never done a duet before, so it's quite nice, you know. <laughs> it's a proper proper eighties thing, a duet, and you don't you don't get many duets in in dance music, I don't think anymore. But how was that? Was it nervous jumping in there with somebody else? Yeah, it was it was it was fun. You know, again, it was all remote, so it was just I'll I'll send an idea over and then wait for Sigrun to come back with something, and which made it it was fun actually. It was it made it a bit more difficult, um, just because we it took us just a lot longer to do it really than it would have done if we'd done it all in one afternoon. Um, but it was cool. That's mad. That's mental. Mm. Should we play another track? Yeah. Let's do this. Um, right, should we play... Which one should we play next? Or do you want to choose another one? We could play the map. Do you want to hear it? Do you want to hear a guitar solo? Yeah, let's do it. We could play the map then, which is one of the second to last one. It's very Pink Floyd inspired, this tune. So they're asking for the one with Fred V. We'll play the one with Fred V later. Uh, as yeah, we'll, we'll play that. Well, we can play that now or whatever. Yeah, yeah, we'll play that. Yeah, that's a good one. Go, that's absolutely glorious. 
Cool. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I used to. I love blues, and I've um, I've always I, I love Pink Floyd. I love Dave Gilmore, and like U two. It's quite U two inspired, you know. Yes. I wanted to just blend quite a few of those worlds together with that tune. Oh, they're going. They're asking for the Rave Horn. You could go. They're the Rave Horn. I feel like we're giving out the Rave Horn lots. Where did the name for the album come from? It is from uh, a book. It's from a book called the electric kool-aid acid test which is my favorite book um <laughs> by tom wolf it's about uh, ken kesey and the merry pranksters so just a bunch of hippies that used to drive around america in a big van and he used the term neon dust to um kind of describe this trip that they're all on and it was it kind of resonated with me a bit because the this album i was the energy that I was getting from meditating was, <clears throat> it's like I was almost in a world that was slightly beyond this world. And, and it was the, the name Neon Dust described the, the sort of the shimmering essence of that world. It's quite a hard thing to describe, but it was just that that term really just resonated with me. And the art, we, we, the, it went with the artwork as well because the... Um, the artwork for the album is just awesome. It really is. It's yeah, let me let, let me bring Boss it up. Quetro. If we go back to the share screen, we can probably if I click on this. There you go. I can get it. Yeah, get it, can, yeah. That's about as big as it's I can get just it. awesome. Really cool. Um, so that's quite a lot of it. There were some nice, loads of nice colours in there. So it kind of. I love. Went, I love that. Went in line. Cheers, man. I love that. What they're saying in the chat. Yeah. I never expected to get a Jungle Clapton experience today. Oh, cool. I'm glad. <laughs> jungle Clapton, yeah. It is very. <laughs> there's not. There's not enough. There's not enough guitar solos in drum and bass. There really isn't. Um, I was reading. I was just reading. I was just reading the the breakdown. There's a. You've got this. There's, there's so many genres on this this album. It's mental. Uh, we want to listen to the Fred V album track in a second as well. But you also mm. there's what, what was I just reading then? It was reading. There's a pop. No, rock rock ballad as well in there. <laughs> yeah, um, hospital dropped me an email after after the tunes were submitted, and they were like, "What genre do you want to put all of these tracks in individually?" And I was just like, "No idea. <laughs> I haven't got a clue whether it's a rock ballad or a down tempo or lo-fi ambience, trip hop, glitch hop. You know, like what whatever it is, I have no idea. I'm awful with genres." Yeah. But a rock ballad, there is one that's just not, it's so far away from drum and bass. It's just like a Beatles tune, really, called We Shine Among the Lights. It's I got this it's sort of like live drum, like phased drums and like phased vocals, and it's quite a, quite a trippy one. Yeah. Should we play that, gang? Should we play that next? And then we'll, play it, we'll finish on for a V. Should we play that in it's, the chat? Yeah, it's, so we could play it. It's not, uh, yeah, it's, it's the... What, what am I trying to say? This the, not the it's the not the weirdest one on the album, but it's definitely the one that's the most removed from the others on the album. I think yeah, I like it. I like it. Let's see what you think of it. I think we need to hear it. Let's play it. really cool cheers man yeah i I guess you wouldn't if you listen to them all on their own you probably wouldn't assume they're all on the same album actually (laughs) when you hear them when you hear them like that but yeah i like that one i was just sitting i was sitting outside at my folks house and the sun was setting and i was just came up with that um that little guitar riff 
And I just put a little, that's actually my friend Steve playing the drums on that, but I just put that sort of trip hoppy. Nice. Uh, thanks for all those nice um, comparisons, by the way. Some of my favourite bands in there. So, and being being yeah. being mentioned in the same sentence as, as David Bowie. I mean, wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, That's... I'll take that one to the grave. <laughs> I would as well, man. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate that. Um, but yeah, no, it's yeah, it's. it's that's the thing about the album. I think I wanted to just uh, in the past, I would have been, I wouldn't have shown anyone that tune because it wasn't a drum and bass tune. And I thought there's no way that this, this I'd have to create some other alias to put this, this song out. But then I thought, well, it's me. So it doesn't, it doesn't really matter whether it's drum and bass or whether it's hip hop or trip hop or techno or mm. there's a housey one on there. It's just a little bit of everything. Are you yeah. giving that, is that is, is, as the fourth album giving you that freedom? Is that, do you feel like, or, or did you have it before that or is it? I think with this, yeah, with this one, I mean, even the guys at hospital said, um, you know, when we were trying to whittle the songs down from about 50, mm. they said, <clears throat> we, you know, we all agreed, but they said, look, just, you, just do your thing. You know, this is your fourth album. You know, you've done, what you've done in the past has really worked, so just keep doing it really. Um, mm. you know, that's not, people don't listen to my music just because it's drum and bass. I think there's a, there's a different element to it that people can kind of, um, you know, it resonates with people on a different, slightly different level to just in the way that sort of drum and bass does on its own, if that makes sense. I think it's a difficult mm. thing to describe, but yeah, I just, that's how I felt about it. And I just thought, I'm just going to write this and, and maybe a lot of people won't like that tune. And there might be some people who who do like it, who don't like some of the other D&B tunes. So it's, I think it was because I, just because I really wanted it on there. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah. It's my album and I'm putting it on. I was like, yeah, I love it. You know, yeah, there's 20, <laughs> there's 19 other ones to listen to if you don't like that. So that's fine. <laughs> love it. Love it. What happens to the other 30 songs? They're just sitting in a folder, really. <laughs> um, yeah, they, I want to do like a, I want to maybe do like Nils Fram did a really cool. He called it encore, but it was basically the a lot of the tunes that didn't make it onto his last album. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the problem is it could it could be seen as a bit of a B list, like a sort of a, an album full of B lists, really. So it's like a sort of subpar version of of Neon Dust, you know, mm. Neon Crust, I should call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I'm always a fan of beat. Like Oasis did a B sides album, and Chemical Brothers did a B side album. So I think I think you're all right. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I that's how I that's how I thought about it. Um, I think I might just have to persuade Hospital to to try and <laughs> to try and get some of them out. But um, it would be it's there's a lot of ones in there that I think will or hopefully at some point see the light of day. I don't know. It'd be cool to just. I'd get in trouble for saying it, but just put them all out for free, basically on Bandcamp, and, <laughs> just so people can hear them. <laughs> I'm getting, a, I'll get a call from hospital any minute now, basically. Yeah, I was just, gonna, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, I bet the shed hotline starts texting. <laughs> it's, it's Chris going. Yeah, the, no, the don't police, tell him to say no. <laughs> hospital police will be the police force will be around. <laughs> kidnapping, the t- kidnapping. The, well, it's gone live now, isn't it? So it's too late, but. Oh well, I've said so, it. Someone, someone was asking when this album out. It's out now. You can go and listen to it right now. It's on all streaming platforms. We've been putting the link in the chat throughout the stream, but it's on all the streaming platforms right now. You can listen to it. Go, go and consume. Well, not right now because obviously we're yeah, streaming. Boy. But go on, after we finish, go and listen to it in a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're definitely going to listen to the Fred V. Let's just ask. There's a load of questions from the chat. I've got them in a text. Okay. Okay. It's. It sounds like your music has a good has a, has a soundtrack vibe. Do you take inspiration from any composers? Skeleton Keys asks. Hmm. I love Hans Zimmer. I mean, who doesn't love Hans Zimmer? Yeah. Um. But I'm not. I do. I love Thomas Newman. As well, he's one of my favourite composers. Like nineteen seventeen soundtrack is amazing. The Shawshank um, soundtrack is awesome. I love John Hopkins. He's not sort of strictly oh, yes. a, a film composer, but he's just incredible. I don't know if anyone's seen the film Monsters, but he's the soundtrack for that. And it's in, it's just amazing. Um, mm. 
So I definitely try and include some kind of cinematic elements in my tunes, I suppose. And I'd really love, one of my dreams really is to, is to provide the score for a film. That is something I'd absolutely love to do. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah just always wanted to do it. Do you, do you start with the, they make the pictures first and then you make the soundtrack? How does that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're doing it the other way around for this thing I was talking about earlier with Dolby. We're, we've started with the music and we're writing film too. It's like doing a music video, I suppose, but I'd love to do it the other way around. I'd love to do some nature documentary or something. Something oh, that'd be cool. Quite, just because it'd be quite easy to do it as well, you know. I don't have any action scenes where someone's going to... Like some nice peaceful piano over the top just wouldn't work, I don't think. <laughs> but if it's a little seahorse gliding around in the ocean, then you can pretty much just... You play anything and it'll fit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever get tired of working on a single tune? How much time do you usually spend making tracks from start to finish on average? Rob Feist asks. That's a good question. Um, yes is the answer. I do get sick of tunes very regularly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I said this. I did a Reddit AMA thing yesterday and somebody asked a similar question. I think that this is a good thing about having the A&R team at hospital because there was an initial pot of tunes that we all agreed were sort of, these are the ones I'm going to work on. And then I was working on others and I'd, some of them got a little bit left behind and I'd, I'd open the project and it just, something wasn't, well, you can tell something's not right. It's a bit like, you know, going on a date or, or something with someone and you kind of, you know, I think you know quite soon that you're not really, maybe you're not right for each other and you're not, you're not that compatible. I think it's the same with music sometimes. You know, it's funny because it comes out of you, but then, a lot of stuff it, it was almost kind of an accident and and it's it, i think as a rule if i'm if i haven't got that initial idea that sketch down <clears throat> after about a week of trying different ideas you just you just it's not going to work basically um i know some people some producers have had tunes that they've been working on for years i know london electricity just released one that it would have taken him about 10 years to make or something, I think, in the in the grand scheme of it. I know it doesn't no mean he was sitting sitting down working on it every <laughs> single day for 10 years, but it's been it's been there. I mean, but I haven't got anything. After a couple of weeks of trying, it'll just go into a folder of nothingness. And then I'll listen to it again, maybe a few months later to see if, I, if, if I'd missed anything. But usually mm. just straight on to the next idea, really. Yeah, I'm working with an artist at the moment, and they've, they've we've been literally been had this batch of tunes for like I think two and a half years, where it's it's kind yeah. of just each each track has li a little bit evolved, but kind of mm. gone into some like some they're kind of fleshed out ideas, but they're kind of they need each because there's so many of them, they need a bit more yeah. work, and they need a bit more this, or they one needs a vocal, and it's just mm. like like trying to now it's trying to get into the process of trying to finish those down. I yeah. guess that's what you did with an album. How would you? What would you suggest to him to kind of go, right, how can I get those finished? Because we, we do want to get them out, you know, it's like. Yeah, I mean, this is a really big one. Finishing a tune is the hardest thing to do. Um, mm. So a lot of people will, a lot of producers, as I said before, I'll, I'll write a, like the main body of the tune up until the breakdown. And then I know that that's the vibe. And then I'll, I'll work on the breakdown. Then I'll do it from the second drop. Some producers... I think it helps if you can get the whole thing from start to finish pretty much roughly in, even if it just means copying, pasting it, copying and pasting it. Um, because then at least you've got a finished song or a, you've got the structure or the arrangement of a tune already and then you can add to it. Mm -hmm. But really, honestly, this is a lot of the time why I just I just chuck stuff out because you you get on such a roll when you write something and you come up with a new idea that you well, as soon as you stop rolling with it, you lose all that momentum and coming back to something to try and finish it. it with this album it was quite a challenge and there's stuff that you know that you don't you just don't want to do it and mm. whether that's just because of laziness or you're not that you just like stuff like drum programming some some people love it but for me i do i struggle with it a little bit and like these drums aren't working and i really i'm not looking forward to having to get that project open and try and make the drums work because i'd rather just be making a new tune you know I just love writing hmm. so it's, a, it's really difficult but I think it's just one step at a time 
instead of thinking of it as, oh, this is, I don't know where to go with this. A lot of the time as well, it helps to take stuff out. So you can simplify it, just go with the drums, like go right back to the drums and then bring back in the bass and then bring back in some other elements. And then you think, oh, well, actually that element could come a bit later on. And then you can fill some of the gaps that you thought you were missing before. But it is, it's a really difficult process. Cool. Okay. Um, if you've got more questions, drop them in the chat. Um, we're, should we play the last, should we play one more track? Uh, I'm conscious yeah. of your time. So let's, should we, I mean, they want the free one. Should we play, should we play Nebula? Yeah, that's a good way. It's, it's a, it's a definite, a high way to end the, end the chat for sure. Tell us about Nebula then. And tell us about working so, with Fred for you. Yeah, this, we'd worked together ages ago on a tune called Forest Fires when him and graphics were still together. But, um, uh, the I came up with this the, this initial riff guitar riff that's in this song, and I got it all the way up to where it would drop, and everything I tried just wasn't working, and it really reminded me of the kind of vibe that Fred has on a lot of his tunes. So I sent it over to him, and I kind of secretly knew, just really hoped that he would absolutely nail it, and, and he did. He just um, he just came straight back with it, and it was exactly as I'd imagined it would sound. And he just nailed it. So it's just really uplifting. Fred's got a lot of energy in him and he's got he's he's a very jovial, vivacious character. So it's nice to nice to, to hear that in his music. And this tune's got that, I think. Let's play this. Go. Wow. That's stunning. Big up, man. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's really, really cool. nice. I've been finishing my sets with that tune. Someone in the car chat asked, are you going to be touring this out? Is that the plan to tour this album next? Where can they see you? Yeah, I'll, um, I'm pretty hopeless actually putting my gig, um, my tour dates. I haven't got many shows. It's not like a proper tour of the album just because we're working on um, like an album launch which will be this film thing, um, which I can't talk about much. But um, we, yeah, I'll try and update where, where all my shows are coming up. <clears throat> Somewhere, I'll, I'll, I'll put it on Instagram or something, I think, because I haven't done that for a while. But Cool. Got quite, yeah, a few shows coming up before the end of the year. So, yeah. You Do you play this live or is it is it DJ'd? Or is it, how does that work? It's DJ'd. Um, but we did try and do a live. I say we tried to do. We we did have a live, um, a live band. We played a couple of shows, um, and it was a bit of a trial, really. Um, we got the band together and played a couple of shows two years ago, three years ago, and it was sounding good. It just needed a lot more, needed a lot more time and effort putting in. And by that time, I was kind of ready to crack on songwriting again. So it might be something that we revisit. Um, but I'd, it would be cool to do like a. Because I sing on so many tunes, you know, I, you feel like a bit of a plum sometimes behind the DJ booth and you, your voice is coming out and you're just sort of just standing there. Yeah. And and then some of the MCs sometimes they give you give you the mic and they're like, here you go, you sing it. And I'm like, um, so I'll sing it sometimes, but it'd be cool just to do 
a show where even if it's just like me playing guitar and singing maybe um and like with a drummer and keep it quite simple that'd be pretty cool yeah unplugged Uh, that'd be well cool yeah, like an unplugged, really like ambient version of the tunes would be cool, wouldn't it, I think. That would be sick. Yeah. Well that's kind we of what the old one was. Yeah, just like a just like very stripped back. So yeah, hopefully. That'd be cool. Fingers crossed. That, that'd be well cool. I I noticed one thing. there's a person in the chat, Testy Macaroon, he said he's just started making drum and bass and he would very much mm-hmm. like to be more eclectic and versatile and try things like you do. Okay. Um I guess you have got to that point in your career that allows you to kind of be freer. And um, what would you suggest for him? Because obviously he's brand, like I'm guessing he, like from looking at these, some of the chat you said before, he's like brand, brand starting new. Right. Is that yeah. a good idea for him to be kind of all over, musically all over the place at the start or is it? I think it's what I did when I first started making tunes because my musical taste is quite varied. I was making a lot of down tempo stuff, some dubstep stuff, um, some techno, some house. I was making loads and loads of stuff just to get used to producing and just to see really, I think you've got to find out where your heart lies as a producer. You know, you could absolutely love drum and bass, but you, you might really slip into the groove of writing techno for example or vice versa but I think yeah I mean if you're it definitely helps to kind of find your zone as a as a musician in a way uh, if you're just starting out um I think my first album particularly obviously when I signed to med school and hospital I think everyone knew it was predominantly a drum and bass album and then I was able to put a few sort of half-time bits on there and stray away slightly but it's a difficult question, really. I think it's good to have your own vibe and your own sound, and it's it's quite good to be able to fit into a sort of a specific genre in mm. many ways. But on the other hand, in terms of just making music for the sake of making music and enjoying it, I would just say make whatever you want. And yeah, just enjoy yeah. It and just have fun with it, you know, and just see what... And then you might end up... For me, I was ending up with more D&B songs than anything else, which kind of made me realise that I was probably a DMP producer now. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Yeah. I hope that answers the question. But yeah, it's a tricky yeah, yeah. one. But but just don't I would just say, yeah, just just make whatever whatever you want to make for now and then you'll find your groove. And I guess you don't have to release everything you make. You can just you can just make stuff that's just for you and sit on it and Exactly. Thank you so much for joining. I'm conscious of your time. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for doing this. It's been great fun. Great to meet you properly. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. Time's flown, actually. I didn't realise it was as late as it is. Not that I've got much to do, really. But yeah, it's nice to chat. Um, Thanks for having me on, Graham.